You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Wes and Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences to help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else. So I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 23 and I've got the usual crew with me. I've got my dad, Wes, my uncle, Brooks. What's going on, guys? Not much sense. We're just living the dream. So hanging out with you. (laughs) Live in the retirement. Sometimes when I wake up in my dream, it's a nightmare. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's still a dream. It's still a dream. Hopefully, each other else is in that dream. You know, that's the That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's a double nightmare. Oh, no. Yeah. So we, we've kind of been living, uh, for, for some people, it's been almost, uh, well, a nightmare or a dream of a year. And uh, we were kind of talking about just the, the shock to the system and and just kind of what that does, you know, for businesses and families and people and communities. And Brooks, I think you were digging into that topic earlier this week. Yeah, I was reading, I was just reading an article earlier this week and it was about the coal industry in um, Wyoming and it was what's going on in the coal industry right now in Wyoming and the change with, uh, um, adding solar power, adding wind power, um, and different things that are, and natural gas through fracking, and how that's really changed and, and lower the demand for, for coal, and how that state is adapting to it. Uh, but it was one of the things that was interesting in that article was that, that the Wyoming coal industry 
actually stole all the business, the coal business from Appalachia, you know, back in the, you know, the forties and fifties and, you know, decimated that, that area. And so here Wyoming saying, well, gee, our business is being decimated by solar and wind and natural gas, but they did exactly the same thing, you know, 70 years ago. And so that happens to any of our businesses. And so there's these huge changes or things all come together and there's a big change and exactly what we're struggling with right now with, you know, okay, well, it's been a hundred years since we've had a pandemic, but, you know, here we are. And what, what does that do? So Brooks, was the article making the point? Well, I guess one question I was curious. So how did Wyoming steal the business? Was it just much more economical for them to remove coal? Yeah, you can just take a bulldozer. You can take a bulldozer and just strip mine the state because it's so much. It's the largest coal reserve in the world. Wow, the largest whole world, coal huh? reserve in the world. Well, I, so I can it, attest to that a little bit because here in Colorado Springs, we get to see the coal train come down every day from Wyoming, and it's and it huge, right? and it comes down and brings all the coal for our coal-fired uh, plant here in Colorado right. Springs. So. Yeah. I mean, and really the only thing limiting more solar and more wind in Wyoming is transmission lines. So it's the same thing that, you know, as we're going to electric cars, it's like, well, what limits electric cars? Well, it's access to power along the route. Whereas just like it happened when we built automobiles, you know, until they had gas stations everywhere, you had to carry a lot of gas. (laughs) So you could get everywhere, you know. Yeah. So now we're just... uh, slogging around batteries and (laughs) (laughs) so what is you know what when you have a disruption like they're having in wyoming or we're having a disruption caused by covid what is you know what are those changes and how do we adapt to that and and how can we as businesses help our clients you know as they're trying to adapt yeah, and it's it's funny as you were talking about it. It sounded like they were almost whining that you know these other industries or you know other options were taking away the business, even though right. that's kind of what they did. But I mean, that's isn't that what business is? <laughs> there's competition, there's innovation, there's change, and so or was that not really the angle of or, or were no, they? That kind of, was the angle. I I just picked up on that. You know the one paragraph about well they went and they took the business from Appalachia which I just thought was interesting from the standpoint you know the the author of the article wasn't really focused too much on that it was more focused on how things had come together in that you know solar was more affordable you know wind was more affordable and uh, there was fracking which is something that had not been a thing until the you know 2010. So those things all came together and then all and kind of leaned in on coal and then coal's like, oh, well, here we are. And so now we're just not as popular or as affordable because everything else was cheaper. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I think, you know, as we're thinking about the, the building space, the remodeling space, when big changes like this happen, I mean, there's a, a shift in the way people live or they operate. And so I think, you know, for our customers, their lives are changing. And so it's a new opportunity to serve them. Wes, as we've been kind of moving through this last several months, what are maybe some of these ways that, you know, us as builders or remodelers can start to maybe serve people where, where we're going, man, these are, these are big changes, but 
it's a great way to jump in and help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the first thing we can do is just try to, well, first of all, we need to talk to our customers, right, our existing customers and see how their lives have changed. But I think that's a little bit of it. The first step is reimagining what life is like now for people, how have their patterns changed, you know, how are the ways that they live, how has that changed? So, you know, an obvious one is work, of course. So many, so many people are working from home. So how does that, what does that look like? And what are the challenges with that? And then how from a remodeling industry can we, we help with those things? So, you know, maybe it's, well, how, how do I, you know, is there a, a home office setup that would be perfect for working from home? That would be, you know, something that you could really understand and analyze and, and really help clients with and be able to suggest really positive solutions. Like maybe you make uh, one wall in the den a green screen, you know, or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's all these different things that, that we could be very creative about in order to help them solve that, that, that particular problem or, you know, soundproofing, big issue. So if you're, if you're trying to work and you're on a Zoom call and, you know, with folks from around the world and the kids are tearing the house down on the other side of the wall, then that becomes kind of an issue. Isn't that called a safe room? Wouldn't you, maybe that's what you would call that a safe room. <laughs> <laughs> Go in, turn the dial. Yeah. Okay, kids, <laughs> speak to the intercom. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, yeah, reimagining. So, anyway, really all we're trying to do is, like you always do in business, what do my customers need? How are their needs changing? And how can I serve them in a better way? And how can I reimagine the services and product offerings that I have to, to meet the changes? An easy way to do that is just do a quick email survey out to all your existing clients, existing database, and just say, hey, we're, we're trying to you know, create some products for, for our, our existing customers and new customers. You know, what are you guys struggling with? What would be something that you'd like to see and it'd be a quick way if you'd had, you know, 200 jobs or something, you'd hear from 200, you know, maybe 20 people that said, oh, yeah, this would be great or that. That would be great. And maybe that would spark some ideas for the, the team. Right, great idea. Just use MailChimp or one of those, you know, very simple survey uh, applications and, and knock that out. I find too, just thinking about it from the marketing angle, if you do that survey, but if you can get on the phone with even five of them, you hear exact language and then you can put that language into your marketing material, your copy. Oh, and, good, yeah. and suddenly like it resonates. I mean, they feel like you're inside their mind because you, you talk to a few of them and you start hearing these pain points and be like, maybe you hear three times, oh gosh, I just can't hear when I'm on a work call when I've got all this stuff. And so you're going, okay. Like now I'm going to use that exact language or phrasing because you know that's your ideal client. But yeah, I think I'm glad, Wes, you said to start with surveying customers. I think I'm guilty of it. We often assume we know what they want or what they need. Oh yeah, because of this, they should probably want X. And sometimes we're, we're way off. Or because I want that at my house. Sure, true. That's right. yeah. All the customers can want that too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the survey of one that we're all we're all yeah. good. Every, everybody wants an infinity pool, as far as I can tell. You know, <laughs> exactly right. It's kind of interesting. Another thing I was thinking about was garage conversions. So lots of folks have two, three car garages, but maybe there's an opportunity to build 
shells into the garage. So if, if people are willing to park out, you know, uh, maybe they don't have the space inside their house to convert to a home office, but maybe you can take one bay and uh, convert that into some sort of a home office, or maybe it's your home gym because everyone's exercising at home. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities around exercise, around work, just about, you know, the living arrangement, cooking, all those types of things. We have a huge opportunity in the Seattle market because we're so dense that, you know, accessory dwelling units, detached accessory dwelling units are, are there's a huge opportunity there. Actually, company just started and that's all they're going to do they'll have some fun with the permit process in seattle but it'll uh, <laughs> but there's an opportunity that someone saw from really coming off of the you know the pandemic and saying gee people need more space at home and it's not affordable to add on to homes and uh, there's some opportunities in the code so it's being aware of or just being open to the ideas. Yeah, good point. I think, you know, Colorado Springs is in the process of passing their accessory dwelling unit section of the code, and that will really allow accessory dwelling units in every single residential zone. And what you think about it, people want to be closer to their family. They want their family close because that's part of their their circle of trust. You know who they're, they're doing yeah with. the bubble yeah the bubble uh, if you want to call it that. And so we can really help out there. And I think we'll see more of that type of zoning happening as we go go forward. You know, it may not be in your city yet, but I, I bet you it's headed that direction. Yeah, and so with these types of things you guys have mentioned, you know, obviously surveying customers is a great first step, but even just diving into specific examples and thinking about the way people's lives have changed, you know, whether it's outdoor living space or the ADUs or garage conversion. I guess if it were you, would you be exploring all those options? Would you be trying to focus on a couple of things? I guess, Brooks, you know, how do you, because we probably could rattle off 10 more, you know, creative ideas or like soundproofing or, you know, so where, where do you start with trying to be the most helpful to your prospects, but also not spreading yourself too thin and, and I don't know, making some, some problems for your own business. Making some problems for yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would, I would suggest you you put everything down. I, I love using a whiteboard. You know, I, it's probably antiquated now, but the uh, the virtual what is whiteboard. That, Brooks? Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, it's this large board. You know, uh, we still use them. And, <laughs> and just write down every single idea you can brainstorm. Do your survey real quick. If you don't have time for a survey, just ask everybody you run into that you know for a week. If that's all you can do, if you can get on the horn with some past clients and spend, you know, half a day and just call them all and say, Hey, here's all these different ideas we're thinking about. So maybe you collect up all your ideas and then just try to get a, you know, survey people or talk to them personally, or, you know, and try to figure out what seems to resonate the most and then try to figure out which one you think is going to be the most profitable. Cause some are going to be super complicated, super hard to implement that, you know, like Wes's idea of, you know, the garage conversion. Well, I mean, you can figure that out about a day and come up with a, a couple different ideas and probably be highly profitable because the structure is already there. You're just going to swing in there and get in and out pretty quick. Other things might be super complicated if you came up with an option with, oh, we're going to do a soundproofing mesh system with 
blah, 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 which then we're going to put in a soundproof door and it's going to be, oh, now you have to insulate interior walls, put in a soundproof door, you're going to bring in, you know, hardwired internet to the room or something. We'll add a green screen just for the fun of it. And so it becomes very intensive and it, it may not have a lot of profitability in it. So you have to pick those things that are, that you can implement quickly that would help, you know, drive more revenue and more profit. I think also, though, there is a certain level of experimentation. So, you know, obviously, you got to get a, uh, you got to find someone who's willing to jump in on a project. So you have to, and that's lots of times where you end up starting, right? And then you learn a lot from from that project. So you may have to do some experimentation around the front end. I agree with Brooks that the more you can kind of maybe pare it down to four or five good ideas. And, and more figure out how you might want to package that up and, and then, but then start running those packages by, by former clients or prospects and say, Hey, you know, here are some things that we're thinking about offering. What, what's your feedback? Is this something that you would be helpful to you? And would you be willing to pay for that? Yeah. Put a price point on it. Think, you know, we think it's between 30 to 50 grand for this or whatever. You know, some things people are, I'm amazed what people will pay out here for accessory dwelling units. They'll pay up to, 150 grand, you know, for what I would say is, you know, just a small outbuilding, right? You know, nine by 12 or yeah, a little shed. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the, but the cost of adding on to your home is so expensive. It's like, that's well worth it. And I can have it in, you know, 60 days. True. Versus yeah. A year, versus a year and a half or some, you know, because our permitting process is so onerous here. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BuildBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, as you guys are talking about this process of, you know, gathering data, putting it on the whiteboard, brainstorming, kind of narrow it down to, you know, three to five. It made me think like these are the times when those companies that have that adapt mode and they're not afraid of change and they're willing to just go for it. They typically reap the rewards of getting in because you get in early and and you make a couple mistakes, but then you've kind of figured it out. And then by the time everyone else wakes up, you're already kind of streamlining it. Would you say like, I know a lot of times, not always business owners or entrepreneurs kind of have that mindset, but you kind of have to have that bleed into the rest of your company too. Hey, I'm going to stick you on this project that's brand new, you know, go for it sort of thing. I guess, did you guys ever experience that when you were going through change either 
one way or the other where you had people that were just all on board or totally opposed to it. Wes, did you have that? Can you think of any well, times I, I where that came for up? sure that uh, in times of challenge, you know, we've definitely experimented with new product offerings you know, on the on the direct mail side of things, but our direct mail company when mail was struggling, we're like, okay, well, we're going to jump right into printing because that was an adjacent service to what we were doing. And so, and you can also look at that too, which is another thing we haven't really talked about, which is you can create new, new things that haven't happened before, you know, that are based on people's lifestyles changing the way they work. And you can also look at, are there adjacent things that you can offer to what you're already doing? So you're kind of a kitchen and bath remodeler, but maybe you get into low voltage, you know, or something like that. That's you know pretty easy tack on. So certainly I've done that over the years. Obviously, Spence, you know, when we started Builder Funnel, that would be a good example of that being in the direct mail marketing space, very old school. And, you know, you coming in and going, yep, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to figure this out and understand how that works with internet marketing. And, and, you know, that was 10, 11, 12 years ago. So, but that was kind of an all in, let's just experiment and, and figure this out. And it can work very, very well. Yeah. So if you have, a, I think your question, Spence, is there an employee, you have an employee on board who might be willing to, hey, we'll go try this. And it, it might be just kind of a little bit of a mess, but we'll figure it out. And some employees adapt, love that and some don't. I mean, we had a, a great employee that, you know, we could give him anything and we'd say, hey, this is kind of our general thought. This is what we're trying to do. Go, you know, go figure it out. And we've got someone who wants to do it. And yeah, you go do it and we adapt it and, and systematize it. And so it does help if, you, if you've done your personality profiles, like we've talked about, you've got someone who is, that fits that, you're like, that, that does help. And if it's just you, then it's you. And we're just, you're figuring out how to do that until you're able to hire your first employee. Yeah. One thing I would say though, is uh, along with that, if, if you can, and not everyone can, but if you can make multiple bets, so it, that that's always helpful. You can say, well, I think you know these three things might pan out, and if there's some way that you can push those all forward until you can drop one or two off and go with the winner, because you are going to have losers. You know, you just you can't bat a thousand on on these ideas. So you're you're going to have to be willing to to fail a little bit with some of these these experimentations. Yeah, and that can be can be tough, but yeah, I, f- I find that, you know, what's the old saying, uh, fail faster. And then you just, you get to that right. win yeah. a lot quicker. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's go back a little. We've researched, we've got these ideas on the table. We've picked a few of them. How do you go about like educating people that this is something you can help with? Like, I, I almost feel like you're in some ways you're, you're starting a little bit of a new business, but maybe it's more just like new, new product launch I think you know, more versus like new business, new product, new product launch. launch. I, I would think like any of this stuff, you know, how do we reach our customers now and our prospects? You're going to be, you're going to write some blog articles on it. You're going to post those up to your website. You're going to hit your email list with some special emails going, Hey, this is what we're thinking about. Here's some new product I, you know, ideas and looking for feedback. You know, there's lots of different ways today that we can get out pretty quickly the marketplace. Yeah, I'd be I'd be dropping, you know, I'd be as you were formulating the ideas, I'd be dropping a bunch of Facebook ads at the same time as you're formulating your ideas and say, hey, what are we getting action on? Right. Because you, know, you might have a super an idea you think super hot 
has no traction. And you're like, oh, well, okay. Well, you know, no one, you know, we put that out there and, and got no response on that, but we got a ton of response on this, this other one. Yeah. And that would be some direction. So I, I'd be spending some money very early on, you know, I'd be dropping a few grand to try to figure out, okay, what, what do I think is going to work? Yeah. Yeah. I, Brooks is the, the spender of the three of us. So he's always <laughs> out there going, <laughs> Hey, just go, just go, go, go. Just go. It is relatively inexpensive today to do testing yeah. yes. and around marketing. So I think that's, that's the beauty fast. of it. And it's fast. Yeah. So, you, you know, you it's just can't fast. be afraid of it. And, and you know, a long time ago, you'd have to print stuff and, you know, just the lead times were terrible. Oh. And, and, um, or you're looking for big bucks for TV or radio or, you know, so that, that's all past. And so we can be very nimble, very quick and relatively inexpensive compared to. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think what we used to pay for those, we used to do these huge postcards for renovation jobs. Yeah. Remember those West sure. mail into our targeted zip codes and, you know, it would take what, 60 days just to get a postcard out to somebody and whatever it cost a card. I don't know. That's just the way it was. Now you could, you know, within two days, if you got a good internet marketing company like Builder Funnel or something like that, you know, you can be within a week, you can be out there pumping something out, maybe even faster. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned the ad testing because it it is it's so true. What you have in your mind, you think is right. You know, we we've been running some ads recently and we had two very different topics, SEO and social media. And they were two checklists. So we were asking, running video ads, asking people to download those. Social media, by far and away, the more popular, converted at a better rate. SEO, in my mind, has more business value. But it's just what people latch on to, you know. and, And so it's just interesting. So if you were saying, hey, we have these three new kind of we're doing the ADUs, we're doing garage conversions, we're doing something else, and you kind of float out some ads, like you'll quickly see what people are clicking on and what they're converting on and what their interest is. And it may be totally different than what you thought. And Spencer, what you were just talking about is pretty interesting where you just said ADUs. Well, that's very, you know, what's an ADU, right? We all know what an ADU is. True. So even within your idea, so if you've got one idea that you're pushing, I would recommend doing split testing just to see what language appeals to the audience yeah, or what they yeah, understand. Is it going to be, yeah, is it backyard cottage, backyard <laughs> office? It, you, know, you don't even use yeah. the term mother-in-law anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, that used to be, it would be a mother-in-law apartment. You don't even use that anymore. You know, that's long gone. So, uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, I think uh, there was aging in place and we always have these different terms that go through the industry. I'm glad you mentioned that, Wes, because I get stuck in that trap all the time. You just get used to your own lingo and you don't realize that your customers well, probably don't use that. Social, yeah, social media and SEO, you know, it's like, well, pretty much everyone understands what social media is, but not a lot of people know what SEO means. Right, right. And I think you've kind of circled all the way back to where we started, Spencer, which is listening to your customer and listening to the words that they use and their, their language. And, and, and that's, what's going to make the difference for you, I think on the marketing outreach. Yeah. And it is, I mean, I find this stuff like this rapid change is fun because I like new and I like moving quickly. Um, But I know not everyone is wired that way. We have some people on our team that real planners, they like to map everything out for three months. (laughs) 
how can you, and I can't even understand that. How can you get that far down the road with that level of detail? But I guess for, for anybody listening to this, you know, we've kind of walked through the steps, but I guess what, what words of encouragement or I guess, what would you tell them to just, I don't know, take that next step and, and take the plunge in knowing that it's probably going to be tough but it, it is the right path that you have to take. You know, Brooks, anything come to mind? Embrace the chaos. <laughs> 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 Throw a bunch of stuff up on the wall, see what sticks. I, yeah, you have to, if this is not your thing, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're just like, oh, I just want to be able to do the one thing I do well and make money at it. That's just not the way it's going to work. So just try to, you know, dig deep and, and embrace. It's just going to be messy. I, I agree with that. And I would say, you know, just take out a sheet of paper and just do a one, one pager and just list out some basic steps uh, for yourself. Like I'm going to call five customers or, and then I'm going to call 10 prospects and ask them what their, how their life has changed and what's different about their living environment and how it what what could be supplied that would be helpful to them, you know. So research, and then whiteboarding, as Brooks talked about. You know, okay, then I'm gonna whiteboard everything. I'm gonna whiteboard all my ideas, and then three, I'm gonna apply some cost to it, and then I'm gonna go do some test marketing. You know, I'm gonna run some Facebook ads. I'm gonna do these four things. You know, just kind of write yourself a little one page business plan for your you know new product venture and have a little bit of fun with it. You don't have to spend a lot of money and you might uh, tap into a new line of business that's really helpful to people and, and provide some good bottom line for you as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, go ahead, Brooks. Just have to start. And I think Wes right. had idea the way he started. Yeah, just action and, and make your short list and say, in the next 30 days, I'm going to do this and try to figure this out. And nothing may cover the exercise except you think, well, what I'm doing right now is working and I don't, I don't need to change. But then you know, instead of just kind of waking up every day going, hmm, I wonder if I'm on the right path. Yeah. And one other thing I was thinking about with this process is it kind of creates this short-term, you know, checklist or opportunity list. And you guys mentioned there's probably some products that are easier to jump into in the short term. Like they're not as complex or like you mentioned, the garage conversions, maybe that's a that's an easy one. How do you balance picking off those short-term things, but also kind of looking a little bit more into the future too. Because I think that's like, okay, we're starting to play a little more chess versus checkers is saying, okay, I, I need to tackle this short-term challenge. But I also know that maybe I can start to see that this is a more permanent change. And so you need to be maybe evolving into those more complex things because it, you know they're still going to serve your customer I guess I'm curious to see, you know, how you guys think about this, Wes, any yeah, I mean, thoughts I on think, that, uh, that balance? I would go back to one of our other topics that we had, I don't know, last week or the week before, which is back to your advisory board. And I would tap into your advisory board to see if they can help you think out five years, you know, as to what's coming uh, in society, in the marketplace, where then you can start to do some more long range planning and thinking about how you want to shift your business or maybe you don't need to, but you know, at least you've gone through that exercise. So, you know, you're going to have to start bringing in some other people. It, it's pretty hard to do it all by yourself. Brooks, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think absolutely that's a great idea. You know, tap into your your network and try to get more feedback on those long term ideas because you know you're in the moment. You're trying to make money every day and make the whole business work. And and as you're coming up with these new ideas that you're trying to adapt to the market, you know, get some perspective for some people who are not running around like you are every day, and they can say, well, you know, here's kind of what I'm thinking, or and you can put that all together and and come up with a you know, a game plan and be intentional about it. Yeah. Put it on your calendar. Yeah. It's tricky. I find too, that just consuming information from outside the industry helps a lot. You kind of get just a more global view of just change and, you know, staying up on some of those trends. Sometimes it feels, I don't know, sometimes it feels like you're just staying up with reading, you know, news or, or things like that. But I think if you follow enough, of those things, you start to, I don't know, you, you draw these connection points and you can kind of start to see the future a little bit. Not that it's guaranteed, but I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But I feel like the more I read, uh, whether it's books or listen to podcasts or articles or whatever, but you kind of get enough of it. And there's certain things that just start standing out and you can almost, things slow down a little bit and you go, oh, okay, I think this is moving in that direction, just like we talked about the the top of the podcast with the the coal guys, I'm going. Well, we've been talking about solar and battery for like a decade or more. Like we've seen this coming, you know. Um, and so, you know, if they had made some moves earlier on to explore those changes. Then I think well, it, it, I think it goes back to you know, what is the industry we're in. We you know, talked about before. If the railroads decided they were in the transportation industry early on, instead of we're in the railroad business, they don't own all the airlines. They don't car manufacturers. Who knows what would have happened? And I think that goes for any of our businesses. So if we're, you know, if we're in the construction business, you know, what does that mean on a bigger picture? You know, what is, you know, it's are we in, we're in home building, we're in remodeling, it's providing homes, we're in housing. So try to think bigger about what you're really what you're really doing you're not just in the construction business it's a, it's a there's a bigger picture there that's all i have to say about that a, <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't tell if wes was going to jump in so right. yeah. yeah no no i mean i think that's a really good point because at the end of the day you're i mean i don't know we could we could probably throw out a few ideas but you're trying to give that person the better home experience or something like that where you're, okay maybe you're a kitchen and bath guy but it's like well what is that what is that end result and the output you know and the outcome and i think that's a good point because then you start to see some of those shifts it, those those become the micro shifts of oh we need to do you know garage conversions was like but why it's because we're trying to give them a better experience so better home experience yeah and I, and I would say that even though you know you've done the, the checklist and all that kind of stuff i would just go all in on buying a lot of kelly green paint and painting you know green screen walls because i think that's that's the answer that's, <laughs> that's the one that's yeah. i see yeah. you've got that going on there too yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, right after we're off the podcast i'm gonna go you know invest money in killing more <laughs> Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, to, to summarize our conversation today, it's talk to your customers, but at the end of the day, buy a bunch of green paint and do whatever you want, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> more, more great, yeah. 
Cool. Well, thanks guys for joining me and thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully this was helpful and gave you a few ideas, but also some action steps on how to keep pushing forward and helping your customers. And as always, we'll see you next week here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thank you.